Hi. Welcome. We are so excited to be back with you. Yes, for It's a Shame episode four. 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 Quattro in this bitch. Um, (laughs) You guys, this is our first time podcasting since like actually publishing the podcast. Yes. So far we've just been, um, you know, recording under the comfort of um, not really having to face the fact that it's going out into the world, but it's out into the world. Yeah. So now it's like we kind of know you're going to hear this. And and you know what? I just got to say this. We both want to thank you so much. Those of you who have been listening and especially like our our supportive family and friends and people who have been reaching out and just saying the kindest things. Yeah. It means so much because it's like, you know, when you put something out there too and and you don't want it to just like kind of die in a vacuum out there. So it's so really like helpful and important to like hear from people, you know, I mean, not just praise, but criticisms too. Although you've been too kind for that so far, but, um, (laughs) and we've been expecting it. Like we totally came in. I'm just like, look, they're going to be hard on us. Get ready. And everyone has just been so lovely and supportive and kind and, um, one of our favorite things that we've talked about is we've had some great conversations with people resulting from the podcast, which has been so awesome. Definitely. And then also some great suggestions from people who've been listening for future episodes also, which has been really cool and keep them coming because that is great. We want to get inspired by your experiences and your thoughts and all that stuff. So Yeah, and I'm going to do like a little special like shout out. You may be listening, you may not. We had a listener in Barbados. Oh, yeah. Barbados, if you're listening, uh, if you feel comfortable, shamepod at Mm gmail.com. Reach out to us. Tell us what you think. Um, We have this really cool um, ability through SoundCloud to kind of see where people are listening. And um, mostly it's just based on country. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, and when we saw Barbados pop up, we were just (laughs) like... We are international, bitch. Like, <laughs> I sort of had this thought, too, though. I mean, this is just, you know, me being me. I was like, are any of our friends on vacation in Barbados that we don't know about? Same, th- same thing. <laughs> I had, like, the same thought. I was just like, um, who's in Barbados right now? And, mm-hmm. like, and we couldn't think of anyone. So if you're a friend of ours and you were in Barbados, we want to hear know. about your vacation. Yeah. Um, and if you're just a, a new listener in Barbados... Um, hi, if you feel comfortable, introduce yourself. You, yes, please. You made our day. Mm-hmm. Um, one more thank you I have to throw out, we have to throw out, um, Paolo Diwa, who oh, yes. is our incredible editor and sound engineer, and mm-hmm. he has been such a delight yes. to work with and has made this so easy. Yeah, yeah, and it's a hu- I mean, he's a huge reason why this like podcast is even out and to you in the world already because we would probably still be fumbling our way through editing. 100%. So one hundred percent, I feel like my when I envision the podcast right now, it's like me and Lily and Paolo. Mm-hmm. Like it's just kind of like the three of us against the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just it's. It's really, it's been great. And Paolo, thanks for all your hard work. Yes, thank you. And, you know, we link to his socials and things on um, our website. So, you know, go and Oh, yeah, check he's him out. for hire. And he's an incredible sound engineer. And mm-hmm. he's also got some filmmaking chops. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so go follow him. He comes highly recommended. Plus, he does some cool DJ stuff, oh. which makes us feel, like, very old. Well, we are very old. Well, we are very old, but he's very cool. Okay, so check him out yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, so today's topic, do you want to... You know, we talk about this a lot. I think it's a topic that, um, you know, is very present for a lot of people, especially women. Um, so we decided that we wanted to unpack and talk about taking up space. Yeah. Both physical and emotional, just as a person, as a woman. Totally. Yeah. Um, and of course, we always have, um, you know, the disclaimer and sort of caveat that we are white women and we know that this is a much different story for women of color and for yes. non-binary people and Absolutely. for trans people. Um, you know, this conversation gets much more complicated and nuanced um, in those spaces and we definitely recognize that, you know, but again, we're just speaking from our own experiences and, you know, kind of things that we've um, absorbed in the world yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, we, we talked about that before we started recording and just kind of like really wanting to make sure that we're being totally clear and open about the fact that we come into 
this conversation and we'll try to come into as many conversations as we have on the podcast, just acknowledging that we come from a place of inherent privilege and we try to be aware of that Yeah, and learn from it. Yes. So this this episode is going to be interesting because there's so much there's to cover. There's a lot to cover. I feel like this could be a podcast, like in and of yeah. itself, just like taking up space. I yeah. feel like there are so many instances and there's physical versus kind of like the emotional piece of t- taking up space, whether like, I don't know, you're doing it physically mm-hmm. or you're doing it kind of like either emotionally or just taking up verbal space. Yeah, verbal space for sure. Verbal space is like <clears throat> its own beast. Um, mm-hmm. My, I will just say that um, my taking up space thing that I'm, I, every time I realize that I'm afraid to take up space is when I say, I'm sorry yeah. for something. Like recently someone hit me with their buggy at Trader Joe's. Oh, yeah. And I said to them <laughs> out of instinct, they hit me and I went, oh, I'm sorry. Like what, for existing? Like what? Who was the person? Do you mind describing them? Um, it was a distracted mom with some kids. Oh, and wow. she felt so bad. And it was one of those things where our sorries collided okay. right there in the frozen food yeah. aisle. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm sorry. And she was yeah. like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, Brandon, pay attention. You know, like immediately like focused on her kids. But like, yeah, yeah. but it, I thought it was just so funny to hear myself like being hit from behind mm-hmm. and without even knowing who hit me, just being like. Automatic sorry. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Like. I'm here. Sorry yeah. about that. Speaking of colliding sorries, which is a really funny way to put it, uh, I experience that almost daily. So at work, we have this like really like strange bathroom setup where you have to like round a sharp corner and then it's like a swing door and it's a heavy door that swings into the bathroom. Mm. And so you can never know. You never know when someone's going to be like right there like at yeah. the door. And usually there is somebody because it's, you know, a busy place. Um, so every single time, it, I haven't encountered it once where we both women don't say it like sorry to each other. Sorry, right away. Right away. It's just like as soon as you're present in the world almost, someone bumps you. I'm sorry. We haven't even hit each other or like touched each other in any way. It's just like, oh, we're in each other's face. Like, oh, sorry. Yeah. And it's just, it's so crazy when that happens, when you find yourself in a situation where you're just straight up living your life and you're, you become aware of your own presence and then you apologize for it. Yeah. Which is a lot of what that is. It's just like, ooh, I'm sorry. I'm here. What a mistake that I've made. It's so strange how automatic it is, too, where you don't even really think about it. And you're like, how groomed have I been to just, like, apologize for, like, n- being in a space where another person wants to be? You know what I mean? Like, cause, yeah. like if you run into each other or you're like, you know you're trying to like walk around each other or just whatever being in the just space being is there like problematic enough yeah and, you know and somebody told me once or I read it in a magazine I don't remember but um instead of saying I'm sorry try to say thank you like so oh I'm sorry for running late like thank you for being patient that I was a little bit behind or oh. like like if somebody hits me like with the cart instead of me being like sorry like just be like, oh, I don't, I don't know. That would be weird because I'd be like, thank you for reminding me that I have the back of my ankle, which is a very tender part of my leg. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know, but like, there's that compulsion to say sorry yeah. to replace it with thank you. Yeah, I think that maybe is a different instance where it's not like the like immediate "I'm sorry" response, as mm-hmm. opposed to feeling like you need to apologize for taking up space. Right. Feeling like you need to apologize for things that are completely human mm-hmm. and understandable. Yeah. And I mean, I think because, I mean, even if you try to like do anything else in that moment, like, oh, you know, we or like suddenly face to face and it's kind of a shock and a surprise. And instead of saying something like, oh, wow, we're both here. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. what an unexpected twist. Yeah. Like, then people are just going to think, like, you're strange or whatever because, yeah. like, we're just so used to, like, as women, like, saying sorry to sorry. each other and sorry to everybody else. And sorry else. just implies that you've done something wrong, yeah. right? Which is the whole thing about, like, when you say you're, you're apologizing. I mean, the essence of the phrase is, like, I've done something wrong and I want you to forgive me that, which is why I think the thank you thing is so interesting, like, when applied to certain situations. Essentially, like, instead of saying I'm wrong, it's like, 
I'm aware of an action that happened. Thank you for being patient or right. thank you for like, say for example, like we were just doing, we were watching the Emmys and um, we were like in the kitchen moving around. Like say for example, like I slammed into you or you slammed into me. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd both be like, oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Even though like we're having this conversation, but like a fantasy would be like that I would bump into you and I'd be like, oh, thank you for being cool with my kitchen being such small quarters. <laughs> you know, like instead of it being. Yeah. Yeah. Like an apology thing. I mean, I I think that it's interesting that that is so tied to how we're kind of taught to think about ourselves and our physicalness. Um, if, and I'm going to just say as women, because that's my experience. And like... We'll be ladylike. Yeah, you're supposed to be ladylike. But that means... What does that mean? That means small. Yeah. That means, you know... Oh, what's that book? Um... Oh, and I'm not going to remember the name of the author, but I just remember this line really clearly. Um, Everyone should be a feminist. That mm. book. We should all be feminists. We should all be feminists. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, there's a line in that book, and I'm also going to mess this up, but it's something along the line of, of like, girls are taught to like shrink themselves yes and to like make themselves smaller 100 percent. and like you see that in action almost everywhere once you start paying attention you see it everywhere you see women shrinking themselves i mean so growing up in the south i mean i'm sure that it's not just a southern colloquialism like be ladylike but one thing i always heard from like home a home ec teacher in specific i can just like in particular i can remember her saying like be ladylike, which just meant be ladylike when you sit, which means you fold your hands on your um, lap when you're seated mm-hmm. and you cross your legs, not at the knee, mm-hmm. but at the ankle. Yep, at the like, ankle. Like that's a, a ladylike way to we sit. We got that too. Keep, and guess what that does? It makes your shoulders smaller. Yeah. It brings them in. Right. And it brings your legs in. It makes you physically smaller. Yeah. Knees together, crossed at the ankle. And if you're folding, if you're folding your hands in your lap, then you're elbows are, are naturally in. pressing into right. your side right so it's like you're you're like almost like closing in on yourself like yeah. be small well I mean let's not even like like all of the corsetry that women have had to wear over the years and how that's meant to like make them take a bit less binding their space feet. also binding your feet yeah, yeah. be smaller be like, quieter fragile Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's yeah, like, like taking away your ability to actually physically walk. Yeah. I mean, be super small and it's like, which is the, which makes man spreading just more infuriating. Well, yeah, because the whole, <laughs> totally, because the whole thing about man spreading is like men are entitled to space. Yeah. Men, men are entitled to everything around them. Yeah. Therefore they can take up all the space that they want. Yeah. That's essentially what's that that's saying is like when yeah. a man is just like opening it all up, it's like, well, I deserve all of these subway seats. Exactly. Okay, it's, it's funny that you said subway because like I was going to say there are two prime ways that I notice that like the most often and it's funny that both are transportation related. One is public transit related because mm-hmm. so I didn't learn to drive until I was 26 and so I took a lot a lot, a lot of public transportation in my day. And I just saw this everywhere and like have squeezed myself into like smaller and smaller positions so that men can spread their stuff everywhere. They're, you know, like sit with their legs wide open. And, you know, I'm like, all right, look, in some cases I kind of get it. It's hot. Your balls are sweaty or whatever. Like you need some room for your junk. I get it. You have stuff that I don't have that's kind of more like tricky down there or whatever. But at the same time, there's a way to like adjust yourself when you're in public spaces like I we mean, all have to do. I'm just going to be <laughs> frank and say sometimes I need to air out the old vagina. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it's just kind of like, yeah, I, I don't understand. Like I, I get that you have a situation, but it's also like. I feel like culturally, if they had been taught to like keep it under wraps, yeah, and they then were they taught, would have like, done so. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think I really do think it's just kind of this cultural thing that it's more of a mentality. Like men are entitled mm-hmm. to what's around them, um, and with women, it's it's the shame piece. It's like we aren't entitled. Yeah. In fact, we're fucking lucky just to be there. Right. Totally. Like you should take up as little space possible, and also. Like you're saying on the public transit thing, to make space for the men who are entitled to the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's theirs. It, it's just an honor to be nominated. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I, I think that there's also, 
an, an element to this and that I want to discuss, even though I said we were going to get into two transportation things, I want to discuss this one first, is that I think that there's an obliviousness that a lot of men have simply because they have that privilege. They have mm-hmm. a privilege to be oblivious yeah. because it's not dangerous for them not to be. So yeah. we have to be hyper aware at all time. Otherwise, we're putting ourselves in danger so that like we are noticing the, uh, the people around us, yes. how much space they're taking up, how much mm-hmm. how much space there is between us and other people. Oh, that's like, a big one. We're just like so... We like, have to be attuned to it. It's a, yeah. it's a survival mechanism for women. Exactly. We have to pay attention to those things. Not to mention spatial like interactions with people can be really important because you then become aware of predatory behavior. Yeah, totally. Yes. And you get to understand like when you're like when you get the prickles of like something's not right, it's because you're constantly paying attention, even when you're not like totally aware that you're even paying attention. So yeah. when something is a little bit off, when someone's standing a little bit too close to you or like, you know, you just, you can sense it mm-hmm. because you're so aware of your surroundings and your physical self at all times. Yeah. You're you just, absolutely have to you be. You have to be as mm-hmm. a woman. You just have to be. Mm-hmm. There's no other way of being because just to be a woman to be out is to be vulnerable. Yeah. You know, totally. and especially in a society where you're supposed to be small mm-hmm. and diminutive and you know, kind of empty, kind of hollow, which... Well, and and hollow of feeling too, right? So you can't express the ways that you feel about somebody being too close to you. So like, you know, so say you were to just tell someone like, hey, back off or whatever, you're too close to me. Or like, could you manspread a little bit less? Like, Or you're taking up a lot of room. Yeah, you're taking up a lot of room. Could you make some room for other people? Like, you're too afraid to do that because, you know, you never know like what, like, that's going to... Well, you get the, the, the guys out there who have that fragile male ego. I mean, it's like instant rage, instant rage. And they go from zero to 10 and you're like, Hey, you're taking up a lot of room. And then it's, it becomes like, fuck you, you fucking, you know what I mean? And like, it's like, so you don't want the wrath. You don't want the anger. And again, that's just more male posturing. Before I forget, just the second transportation thing that I was going to talk about where I see like sort of like men taking up like their rightful space or whatever (laughs) is when you're driving in a car, right? But like for me, that tends to be a space where I can like actually, which is why I have a little bit of road rage, I can actually express my like anger or frustration at somebody. Like Mm. I, it keeps happening to me and maybe it's just like the area I work in. I don't know. But uh, when I'm driving to work, to and from work, like these men just keep cutting me off, and they're always in like big trucks and like like giant SUVs. They're either in BMWs or giant SUVs or trucks, yeah. and it's just sort of like I can cut in front of you because like I have this, and I first of all my car is taking up an enormous amount of space. Yeah, but like I'm entitled to it. Yeah, and therefore because I have this car that could completely like total your tiny little Honda Fit, like. I can do whatever the hell I want and just yeah. deal with it. Well, I mean, Lily, I don't want to go too far and say it's phallic, but I've heard pretty <laughs> tell that people put balls on the back of their trucks. Mm-hmm. So I'm it. <laughs> no, I, I kid, I kid. It's big in the South. Ooh. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my truck is my penis. Look, I did. It's, you know, it has balls hanging off the back, which mm-hmm. is just like, so yeah, it's totally like an extension of that. And I just must say that um, one of the first times I ever rode anywhere with you and you drove, I found it so funny because um you are you can be very soft-spoken and like collected and you know we're listening to like this american life or something probably and then all of a sudden like a car ran a stoplight and lily mm-hmm. was just like i had never heard you use so many string of, of, of expletives like and i was just like i was almost impressed i was just like damn uh, yeah i think that that's just where i let out some of my like most intense frustration and I think that because it's a safe space like I'm in my car and like Mm -hmm. you know although it has happened before where it wasn't that safe and I should probably stop raging a little as much um where so (laughs) I just remember this one time I was at a stop sign and I guess this man who was at the stop sign opposite me was turning left but he didn't have his signal on so like I just went the way that he wanted to be right I know right (laughs) and so he like laid on his horn at me and I was just like 
And I, so I flipped him off. I was like, how dare you? Yeah. Like, you're in the wrong here, dude. Like, you, you're not telling me where you're going. Yeah. You're just assuming because it's like you get to take up all the space in the world and be, do whatever you want and be wherever you want. And and I was actually like, uh, I went and then I was parking in front of the store that I was going to. So I was parked. He came up to like my window. You. Oh, God. He came up to my car window and started screaming at me. And I just, all, the only thing that I did was look straight ahead and just lock my door. And I was just like, and not engage. I was like, I cannot engage with this person. So to wait until he person. was done yeah. with his yeah. rage. And then finally he just like got it out of his system. I think he might have like kicked my car and then he left. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was intense. And I was just like. You were in the wrong here, dude. But, like, that's how it is. Like, then at that point, he was basically telling me, like, no, you don't have the right to, like, first of all, like, drive in my space. And there, and also, you don't have the right to, like, get upset when I'm not behaving well. Yeah. Like. Don't you dare call me on it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, again, I'm entitled to space. Exactly. I am entitled to this. It is mine. And how dare you try to call me on it. And it's. It's a really, it's a tricky thing right now being a woman who wants to set firm boundaries yeah. and speak up about it because mm-hmm. again, taking up space, it's like, I don't, I don't want to misquote who it is. I want to say it's Rebecca Solnit, but I could be wrong. Men are afraid women will laugh at them and women are afraid men will kill them. Oh, right. That quote. Yeah. Yeah. I think it might be Margaret Atwood. Yes. I think you're right about that. I yeah. I think you're right about that. But yes, no, exactly. And I mean, I think that that's, that's something that, you know, you see over and over again, like, uh, women talking about and like trying to unpack, like, um, how to fix this problem, like how to take up more space. It's like, almost like a how to guide for like taking up like space that is rightfully yours also just as much as it is anybody else's. But I think that the hardest battle that we have is this backlash with a lot of men who just don't think that that's acceptable and don't want that to to happen. And I think that the place that you see that more than anything and to like a terribly frightening degree mm. is on the internet. Oh, Women sure. cannot take up space on the internet no. in any capacity no. or they get death threats, they get rape threats, they mm-hmm. get her constantly harassed. Like it's, you know... It's that crazy incel mm. community, like, and then there's also like the the men's rights and there and just trolls and yeah. just straight up people who want to troll women who are threatened by them taking up any space at all. And like, yeah, earlier when I was I mentioned the word hollow, something that I thought about like when I said it out loud was this idea of also in taking up space of being like super super thin and like willowy and this pressure on women through like advertisements and just the imagery of women that we're surrounded with are like small diminutive like to the point that they are photoshopped in hilarious ways we've all we've all seen those like Mm -hmm. photoshops where it's just like the proportions are just absurd yeah you know and you're like like this the engineering doesn't even work of one's body to be that small (laughs) or that you know? Right. Like you couldn't actually hold your head up if your neck was that thin. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that pop culture wise and just body image wise and media wise, there are just all these like microaggressions and silent cues, like constantly reinforcing that societal thing that we've just all kind of know and have grown up with as women is just like yeah be as small as possible take up as little yeah as little space as possible but like also just you know be present when we want you to be but mm-hmm. then get the hell out of here when but not too much when it's inconvenient that's for us. right and you need to know and be able to mind read exactly like when i want you to be um kind of not present and then when it's okay to take up space and god forbid you mix those two up or you'll be yeah yeah or you know exactly just like the like sort of internet thing too where it's like stay in your lane ladies stay in your Mm -hmm. lane so i mean i think that like some of the most disgusting places where it happens is um like in the gaming communities and i hope that it's changing but you know like women taking up sort of like in the past, like, sort of male-dominated spaces and, like, having a voice and having things to say and, like, also just having, like, feminist opinions, too, where it's just like, hey, guess what? Some of these video games are misogynist. And then it's like, these 
men are straight up threatening to kill people. Like, oh, I can't remember her name. Like, there's this woman who, uh, you know, is sort of like a, you know, like feminist gamer or whatever. And she was going to give a talk somewhere and somebody called in a bomb threat so that she wouldn't be able to give her talk. You know, I think what's at the root of this, call me crazy now, they might be threatened. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, well, because we've been taught, right? Like we were saying earlier, like you men are entitled to space. We should be thankful that we have it at all. And for years yeah. we've, we've been under the thumb of that oppression. And now it's kind of like learning how to say fuck you when someone says, well, be subtle because you're lucky to even be here. And it's right. like, no, I'm the smartest person in the room. Yeah. And like, you know, it's, which God, that could be its own episode is taking up space as a woman in, in, a, in a workplace. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, I think that, uh, I was reading some quote recently. I think it was Shonda Rhimes, I believe so. She's talking about, like, um, not feeling like you belong in, in yes. rooms or whatever. I know what you're talking about. And then I, I think she quote. just says, like, decide that you belong in that room or something. Or d- decide that every room you're in, you Is belong. Is a room you, yeah, yeah. room you belong in. Yes. yes. And I'm just like, that. that that for work especially is just something that I would like to, you know, start taking home and really sitting with because there have been, you know, moments in all of our workplace lives where, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's microaggression, right? It's like those like subtle things where now yeah. it's like, oh no, we're, we're real woke. We have women who work here. I'm like, oh, like more than half the office is women or whatever. And you're like, none of them are in leadership mean, positions. Yeah. And- or, you know, even if they are, they're very much kept in their lane mm-hmm. and made to sort of like toe the line well, in a and way. Made to feel small and yeah. reminded when you yeah. take up that kind of space. And just, you know, that coded language for taking up too much space where in, um, you know, in the past I've, I've worked with people who um, were told they weren't, and in my opinion, were completely worthy and ready for like a promotion, mm-hmm. but were told no because they were too passionate. Yeah. Which is coded language uh-huh. for female. And too mouthy. Yeah. She's a real mouthy broad. Yeah. She that had one. too many opinions and was too passionate and they didn't feel like could like handle an account on her own. Yeah. I'm not going to disclose the company that I work for, Yeah, but um, I, you will probably remember this. Um, I have a female boss and then above her, they hired a director of our department and he's male. Mm-hmm. And when he came in and he was doing his, one of his first like intro speeches, um, and I can't stand this guy. I feel like he's incompetent. I feel like I'm, I'm, I know that I'm smarter than him. It's hard mm. to work for people you feel like you're like, come on, man, get yeah. it together. Yes. So I, I guess my face showed that. Mm. And my female boss met with me afterward and was like, you just look so unhappy. And we can see that on your face. But here's where it blew my mind. She mm. said, have you ever heard the, sh- the phrase, just beware of the shadow that you cast? What? Which is the most fucked up. You're taking up space, but also you're literally not. You're just you're casting a shadow. a shadow just by making a face that is disapproving. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. And it was basically like, smile. Like, right. that's that's the long and the short of it. But the, 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 oh, oh, the smile thing. And, and oh, what you're talking about is making me so... I'm, I, my fists are clenched. I'm so frustrated. Is that... <laughs> Yeah, you're like, I'm not even saying anything, and I'm still being shushed. Yeah, just for, for my face showing an expression yeah. of disappointment, yeah. which, by the way, I my face does not lie. Anyone who knows me knows, like, it's written all over it, <laughs> and it's the one thing you're just never going to be able to tame. Like, it's yeah. been that way since I was a kid. Like, so, um, yeah, I just... I just got a text message. Oh, is that what that was? <laughs> yeah. I, well, it, it's, it's on my, we're, we're using my laptop and um, it came through on the laptop. I just sort of ding and I'm like, oh, is something I'm like, I have an idea, Lily. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. would be amazing. The idea bell just rang. <gasps> Paolo, can you start putting in little dings every time we're, we're really on to something? <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Um, no, I'm kidding. Don't do that. 
but you know, speaking of um, workplace, there's this, um, I just learned about this today, actually. I was kind of doing a little bit of research, not, not enough, but um, Anne Cuddy, I don't know if you've heard of this mm-hmm. one, but she gave a TED Talk, I think. Oh, is this the power posing woman? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes, so like I have this heard whole of this idea of like stand like Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. Like they, you know, she basically found like in her research that women then felt more empowered, mm-hmm. and um, and then that research was shut down for a while, and people were saying absolutely not, and then she did I think some independent studies and found that it was, and so yeah, yeah. I was watching it today, and it really got me thinking about how I sit. Oh yeah. In meetings, how I sit in life. Mm-hmm. And how I stand and hmm. what situation I would be comfortable doing the power pose. Oh, right. Okay. And I'm like, I really can't think of many. But you know what came to mind? Like when I naturally do the power pose, hmm. I love decorating my house. Like I'm a big, when I stand back on a project. Oh, huh. and, and I'm you're like looking, looking at, at, look at it. What I'm like did. surveying the land. All right, like I'm right. the contractor of my own destiny. And I'm just kind of like, all right, I'm taking a look here. But like, and I feel in control, right? I feel like I'm making decisions and my decisions matter. Like yeah. that's when I'm doing the power. Well, pose. and you have total say over it. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel confident in mm-hmm. that, that I can say I made this decision and I'm like, all right, I'm looking over it. And Hmm. I'm just like, and then I tried to imagine like doing the power pose like in any other setting. And I was like, I just feel like I would immediately need to like apologize. Like, guys, I don't know why my elbows are so far out. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, well, I am taking a lot, up a lot of this space. What is, sorry, not to sidetrack, but what is the name of that statue of the girl facing down the bowl oh, in and, New York? And it's like an, um, you know, I don't. It might just be like girl versus. No, it's not. Oh, people are probably screaming into their like mic or their radios, whatever you listen to, computers, something right now, screaming at us like it's this. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because and you know I don't know the total ins and outs of it, but just like the fearless girl, fearless girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, two um, lessons really quick that we just learned: some housekeeping. Yeah. Turn off your text messages on your phone, and I should just have the Google machine open. Oh, yeah. Like, I could just be Googling things. When we're trying to reference things. And yeah. We, yeah, I can't remember. That, good point. Okay, we sorry should do that. you. No, but I mean, I think, like, even just sort of the um, the the imagery of that with, like, she's totally in power pose, right? Yeah, she and, is. like, facing down this bull, which is, like, I mean, presumably male. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's Come a... Come on now. Yeah. I mean, that's just some symbolism right there. But then, you know... Like they're being backlash for it, or like the 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 artist of the bull having like things to say, and it's like no one's taking away from your damn art, dude. Yeah, it's the bull like ain't going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Calm down. Exactly. Like, but this is a powerful message that like so many like young women were taking selfies with when they would mm-hmm. visit it, and it's just like those things matter, and seeing those things, and let's talk about representation for yes. a minute in terms of taking up space because yes. that is a huge thing that you know I didn't even really consider or know about until that conversation has been happening recently where it's just like guess what like when you don't see anybody like you in reflected in the society or in you know society necessarily but like um media and popular culture and in positions of power mm-hmm. also like mm-hmm. that stuff it sinks in and you just start to feel like yeah oh I I, I wouldn't even imagine that like I could be president or whatever you know because yeah. it's like it's only ever been white men yeah and like another way that like speaking of taking up space and like feeling like I don't see women who look like me um in our last episode when we talked about shopping shame I um on Twitter I put up a, a really funny sketch Amy Schumer did about shopping shame mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there was this moment where Amy Schumer's in a store and she orders a size 12 and I it sat with me for a second because I thought oh how rare that a woman ever discloses what size that she wears in anything like women just it's like a number you just like don't give and like and I just I kept thinking of this phrase like when I when it comes to like weight and taking up space of being impossibly thin she's like impossibly thin or which is like I feel like there's so much to say just in that of being diminutive and then you think about like men like 
get a big chest. He's barrel chested. Like he's going to bulk up. Like, can uh-huh. you imagine being told like, yeah, like bulk up, dude, you got to like bulk Bulk up, girl. I want you to bulk up. No. Yeah. Come on. You know you want a barrel chest. Like, and it's just, it's so different. I mean, the bodily expectation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that is a topic that could just go on for days and days because it's, it's, it's just ever present all the time. Like, even in the sort of like ways that we're supposed to talk to each other about ourselves and like how like uh you know companies speak to women about you know their bodies and and what kind of is like their space to be in yeah you know like with women it seems to always be like <laughs> yeah ironically food based right yeah Where it's just like oh basically go down on this burger and mm-hmm. lick the rim of this chocolate truffle and you know, bathe, sexualized food and right? bathe in vanilla clouds or whatever, but you can't actually eat any of those things. So you just put them, you slather them on your body. Yeah. Make it, love to salad dressing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you just like rub, you know, don't eat it. Just, but then it's like, it's such a fucking mixed signal. That's the thing I fucking, I just get so frustrated F-bombing all over the place with this. I'm just getting fired up. Um, I I feel like one of the things that's really frustrating is it's simultaneously like, enjoy yourself. Just yeah. eat what you want. It's fine. You deserve it. But then it's also like, you're counting calories. So we know you want chocolate cake, which is why we made this tablespoon of chocolate yogurt <laughs> that you can eat when you get a chocolate craving in the middle of the night. Right. And it's like, what do you want? I can't be both. And so yeah. then I've just decided, well, fuck them. Because mm-hmm. there's no winning and I just get to be and yeah. take up space bodily within my yeah. own body mm-hmm. as I do and as I can and, you know, try my best to be okay with where I'm at with it. Well, here's another frustrating thing about, you know, going down the advertisement track to, I think that, I don't know the actual statistics, but like women make up a huge, 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 huge part of like the spending demographic. And yet we don't even really get to like form our own and create our own like narratives about how we are sold to still. I mean, it's changing a little bit. Like you see certain campaigns like kind of try it out a Mm -hmm. little bit, but we, we don't, you know. It's, it's always just like these old timey messages. Like why are there still advertisements on television showing women doing laundry and vacuuming? Like, oh my God, there is this ad right now on YouTube and I want to kill it with fire and best foods. If you're listening, don't ever be a sponsor because fuck (laughs) you for this advertisement. I see it almost every day. It's relentless. It has Ellie Kemper from Um, Kimmy Schmidt. Schmidt. Yeah. And it's her and this woman standing next to her. And they're, like, talking about, like, oh, how do we make, like, um, an easy meal? Because, and this is how she introduces the woman. I'm Ellie. And this is Julie, mom of three. Oh. Julie doesn't doesn't have a last name. Julie doesn't have a last name. She doesn't have an identity. She's just a a mother of three. She's a reproduction bot. She's a non-entity. happy to have her here. Exactly. And it is so frustrating to me because that's exactly the same thing too like I mean I'm not a mom and I'm not going to be one but like I can imagine that like mothers also feel that way too where they're just sort of like they can't take up their own space as people oh yeah it's them and their kids now and like that's how you are totally seen well you're a mom and I can't even imagine like that's that's just such uncharted territory for me and Mm -hmm. something like I just it's completely outside of my realm. And when we're ready to have guests, I think that would be something fascinating oh, to definitely. talk to the women in our lives who are mothers and just kind of like definitely. how your identity changes and right. the way you take up space in the world. Totally. Once you're a mother. Or how you take up space as a pregnant woman. And like, oh, God. and yeah. how, what does that feel like navigating the world in, in, in that state too? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's I think it'd be really interesting because I mean, and then you're also kind of like fetishized too, though, right? Like, because mm-hmm. like that's what women like. If you are going to be a big woman, be pregnant. Other than that, you got to be small. Yeah, and it's, then of course get back down to your fighting weight right after the baby. Yeah, and there's this unrealistic expectation about, you know, 
I mean, God, that's a whole episode. I was just going to say that one of the phrases I hate the most in the world is like childbearing hips. Oh, God. Right? Uh-huh. I mean, okay, yeah, we'll put a pin in that. Yeah. That episode's coming to you soon. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's just, um, I, I just, I hate having rules put on myself, anyone I love, yeah. the women around me, about what their bodies are supposed to look like in terms of space mm-hmm. and shape or size. Because, you know, for all the commercials I see of women fretting in the mirror with that stupid red dress for the Special K commercial, uh-huh. or they're always like holding up things in the mirror and, oh, if only I'd done, you know, the slim fast or whatever. Right. I don't really see men struggling. I mean, and I'll, you right. know, I say this all the time. It's one of my like big things that I get frustrated about is like, you have so many like in TV, like these um, sitcoms, like you get like a fat man, like a, like a Kevin, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. whatever his name is. Um, and then uh, you have like a Leah Remini, right? Like a, like a smaller actress. And it's like, he's like, he's like a schlubby guy, but he's the everyman. But it's like, but she kept her body. Yeah. Even after having the 17 children they right, had together, totally, you know? Totally. Well, I mean, okay. So I don't watch that show and I haven't, but I don't either. I <laughs> but, but I guess. I mean, I can guess based on the title because it's called The King of Queens, right? I think so, yeah. So I'm assuming he's like the central character. So I'm I'm also that, just yeah. assuming script-wise and like focus-wise, he also takes, takes up a lot space. of space. Paulo, put the dinger in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I th- yeah, exactly that. And, you know, I oh my God, um, I'm going to kind of butcher this, but there are so many studies where it's like... Um, They've uh, surveyed people and it's been like, you know, maybe there's like definitely over 50%, probably closer to 70%, like men in a group or whatever. And people will perceive it as being equal parts Hmm. because we're so used to fewer women in in spaces. Yeah, but it's like. That you're just like, this is, this is right. This is how it is. (laughs) There were like 14 men at the party and like six women and it's like. There were 20 people there, like, and like, oh, it seemed equal. Yeah. Like, there were definitely as many men as there were women. Right. Couldn't see the women. They were all in fetal position with their legs crossed, looking ladylike in the corner. Yeah, exactly. The men were doing power pose. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I do, I do just want to say that, you know, taking up space is something that we do when we are comfortable. Yeah. When we are confident. Mm-hmm. And today I was thinking about times when I'm aware of myself taking up space and the first thing that came to my mind is um and you know this was referenced um to our our great friend uh Mia Nehor who's Nager Nehor I don't know Mia let me know um (laughs) our friend Mia um who is on the great podcast breaking down um she went she did a training that I went to and they had us it was about uh, an exercise about body language and they said Pretend that you're meeting this person or running into a person you haven't seen in a really long time at the airport, but close off your body. Like, don't open your arms and just see, like, try to carry it verbally. Hmm. And it was fascinating because when you think about times when you're vulnerable or when you're excited to see someone, you open yourself up physically. Huh. Like, I'm excited to see you. Like, hi, like, open arms, come here. But try to imagine, like, keeping your arms crossed across your chest and being like, hey, good to see you almost immediately, it becomes like this thing. It's like, so when you're open, when your body is open and you're taking up more space, there's almost like a natural vulnerability and authenticity, whereas crossing up, closing up is guarded and closed off. And so I just, I think it's, it's so fucked. There's women we've been kind of trained to cross our arms and legs and close up really tight when we're so empathic and when we we have this great nurturing gene and genetic ability right it's like we should be if nothing else open Mm. our bodies should be open yeah i mean we should feel safe at least yes totally and i wonder if you know some of that sort of like inherent like shrinking of self and like closing of physical spaces is part of the reason why it's allowed i guess that we get sort of read as like bitchy sure. or standoffish or you Less know instead bitchy. of instead of yeah instead of being like just like a strong and powerful person like 
in charge of their own like self and demeanor and whatever, you just sort of get like, oh, yeah, yeah, she's a real bitch. She's a real bitch. She's a frigid. Yeah, she's closed off. Mm-hmm. Ice queen. Yeah, yeah, she's not warm. Right. But then you know, I mean, but you can never win, Mm-mm. right? Then if you are affectionate and open and, you know, it can be misperceived, you know, it just, there's no... Yeah, yeah. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. It's true. But I do definitely mm-hmm. think that we've, in that closed off, crossed legs, crossed arms, um, don't emote anything other than pleasantries in your face. Right. Um, we've been painted into a corner. No, absolutely. And like one of the biggest problems with, that too is just like feeling like you don't even want to be more well, present. Is, you don't want to be more like visual or whatever because yeah. like you get so much shit when you're already not doing that. That like really like putting yourself out there and being like, I am here. I'm in this room. I'm owning it. I'm whatever. You know, like it just it feels like an invitation for more unwanted male attention. Yes. Right? Absolutely. You know, where it's like, sometimes it just like freaking baffles me. Like I'll be walking to my car after work and men from like a different company that are in the same office building will just be like, hey, like have fun in traffic. And I'm just like, Wow. Hello, I'm public property. Yeah, nice I'm to like, meet I'm you. trying to get into my car, and yeah, I'm facing that traffic, and like the last <laughs> thing I want to do is have to be startled and look up but from really? my like getting into my car and be like, who is this person talking to me? And now I have to like do a pleasantry back at them, and I'm like, I'm exhausted. Yes, I am about to get in traffic. Thank you for recognizing that. Like, but why would you do this? <laughs> like, I don't want to talk to you right now. Because Lily, you forget that they're just entitled to everything around oh, them, God, and we are so just public property. Which is the whole, you know, <sighs> smile. Mm. Women are outside. Um, you know, it's like that great campaign that I'm obsessed with. Um, Tatiana, I'm going to butcher her last name, so I'm not even going to try it. But uh, stop telling women to smile. Mm-hmm. You should check it out. Instagram, stop telling women to smile.com. Um, it's wonderful. But one of my favorite of her um, public art pieces says, um, women are not outside for your entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. We're just living our lives. No. Hi. Like, we Not just here. have to be here. Yeah. Just like you. <clears throat> like, I've got a job that's driving me crazy. And, yeah, I do have to sit in traffic, asshole. Mm-hmm. And I don't, before, you know, I get in traffic and after the job, also want the job of mm-hmm. entertaining you in a parking lot. Right. You know? You know, and I'm not trying to say, like, don't, like talk to strangers or like you know not like you can't be like nice with people or whatever but there's just like time and space for that which is like appropriate and then there's when you're just kind of infringing on someone's personal time and moments you know like I'm about to get well and that's the other thing too that I don't think that many men think about but when you're getting into your car as a woman especially like after Mm -hmm. dark especially in a weird parking lot that is the most sensitive time yes do not approach a woman yeah. in that time I'm, because it is scary as hell. We're already super freaked out. Totally. And I'm going to call upon, um, I'm going to call on our friends again, our friends over at uh, My Favorite Murder and say mm-hmm. that is an excellent opportunity for fuck politeness. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't have to answer you. Right. I don't have to respond. Right. Just like when old dick face rolled up to you in the parking lot and <laughs> kicked your car and banged right, on your right, window. Right. You didn't have to engage with him. No. You didn't owe him an explanation. No. And that's always the case. Mm-hmm. That is always the case. Mm-hmm. No one is entitled. I didn't turn it off. <laughs> no one is entitled to your time, your... You don't owe anyone that. Right. I mean, and also along with entitlement, nobody is entitled to your personal space either. Um, yeah. And that is something that is. So I have this coworker, um, and they were talking about uh, their child, and uh, their child is, is a girl, and there's this um, boy who I guess has a crush on her or whatever, but it's like kind of not appropriate about it where he just like will like grab her arm and like he's taunting her no will like grab her arm and like drag her around and like be kind of like do what I want you to do or whatever (laughs) and I'm like okay first of all why haven't we had more conversations about consensual touching why isn't that a part of our upbringing and like you know 
you just sort of learn to deal with it. Like as a kid, like I remember yeah. that too. Just like nobody tells you that like it's not okay for like, you know, people to touch you in certain ways or whatever. Um, but yeah, like we don't get sort of like emotionally socialized in that way where it's like, hey, let's learn how to be respectful of people's bodies and space. And and then the other side of it, teaching your, you know, kids, male, female, it doesn't matter that when they are touched that, I mean, because, you know, nobody ever, I mean, really had this conversation with me. It's the most dire of situations and scenarios that they put in your head. Someone's touching you inappropriately. Right. You can like talk to an adult or say, I don't like this. But you know what? I'm going to go a step further and say, someone ever touches you. Yeah, just get and, out of my space. And you can say, no, I don't like to be touched. Yeah. Or no, thank you. You know, I. Mm-hmm. but I agree with you. I think, I think it's both sided too. It's not only teaching about personal boundaries for, you know, kids to be able to say at a very young age, I don't like being touched. But then also for the other side of that being some people don't like to be touched. Right. And so you have to be aware of that and being able to communicate bodily space. Right. Well, and, and sort of if there's just kind of like an idea that like it's okay for me to do this, then that makes you retreat even further physically from yeah. the world. And you're just like getting like more and more like I just really just want to not take up any space at all. I don't want to like put myself in situations where like I'm uncomfortable. So you just try to like erase yourself almost and be mm-hmm. like, I'm not here. I'm just, I'm invisible. Don't well, see could, me. That's going back to that whole diminutive, like legs crossed, arms crossed, fetal position, hunched over. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm not here. Don't see me. I don't want to take up space. I don't want to get in your way. I don't want to inconvenience mm-hmm. you. I'm sorry that I was simply ever here at all. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible how you it's so subtle but it's just such a strong consistent message that you don't even know that you're receiving that like when you realize that you've internalized all of that it's yeah. just like this has been this is just the way it is yeah and then when you start kind of thinking about it or like getting woke to the situation or whatever, you just see all of the cues around all of the time. I mean, I would encourage people who are listening to this, like look at like how women in media are portrayed on in advertisements, in, you know, magazines, their poses, what there's like, you know, for the most part, it's still sort of that like shrink yourself message. Mm -hmm. You can have a voice, but only in certain avenues. I'll go back and bring up something I keep bringing up. Yes, look at magazines, look at commercials, look at women in media, and look at the size of those women. Yeah. What are their measurements? What kind of space are they taking up? What are they oh, wait, doing? Also, like, they're, oh, I'm sorry, did you say they're a size double zero and they still had somebody with Photoshop remove three fucking ribs? Right. That it wasn't enough just right. to be small? That mm-hmm. it was, again, that going back to that impossibly thin? Right. Like... Or even, like, any fold of skin. Like, you you hear about it a lot where they'll just, like, Photoshop out armpits, basically. Yeah. And just, like, smooth them out completely. And you're like, wow, I can't even have, like, a fold where my body naturally folds. Yes. So much <laughs> so that, like, it's self-disclosure. Like, anytime I'm wearing something sleeveless or strapless, like, it's one of the things that, like, I always kind of wrestle with is that it's there at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this must not fit right because I have this thing. And I have to remind myself, like... No, that's a part of your body mm-hmm. that you've been shamed into believing doesn't exist. Right. Like or shouldn't exist. Yeah, it shouldn't exist. Like and yeah. so like yeah. Yeah. No, I mean I think that I mean the physical stuff and the emotional stuff they're so intertwined and I think that it is sort of a good thing to try to like be more cognizant of. I know that I'm not really in terms of like how I sit in meetings. Mm-hmm. I do catch myself sometimes though. And I've been doing a lot more just like crossing my, like not crossing my legs, but like sitting like with. Mm. Cross-legged? Yeah. Sitting cross-legged. That's how I sit in my desk. Yeah. Cross-legged. Yeah. I'll do that a lot. And, um, and just sort of, you know, like arms out or like super cash, like elbow on the table, you know, just mm-hmm. trying to like open myself up a little bit more. I have been doing that. But, like, I'll catch myself a lot when I'm not actually, like, aware of it. Like, doing my typical shrinking pose, you know, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is just almost natural because that's how your 
you've yeah. just been doing it for so long. I find myself, it's funny that we're even talking about this. Cause like when I'm at my desk, I sit with my, my legs crossed on the chair, like cross-legged and then like just at my desk. But when I'm in meetings, very often I'm at a table, my legs are crossed at the knee. I'm mm-hmm. not sitting cross-legged. And then I have an elbow on the table and my hand, my, my face is almost always in oh, my wow. hand. Always. And I'm like, it's and I it's an unconscious thing and I don't know if it's because like I'm an intent listener mm. or if it's just I'm exhausted and I can't really hold my head up. I don't like, know. I'm just resting. Yeah, right now. but it's it's so crazy. Like because I've been yeah. noticing I do that and I'm like, what is that about? But yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I think that would be a good challenge to all of you. Reach out to us, mm-hmm. shamepod at gmail, and then at shamepod, like let us know what positions do you find yourself sitting in or you're aware of your body, how you're either opening up or closing it off. I mean, well, and then also other ways that you shrink yourself like verbally and, um, you know, or here's the other thing that I've been thinking about too, where there's a lot of things that I don't do because I don't want the hassle of like, I don't know, backlash or, or just dealing with just kneeling with it basically. Yeah. And, and that's like, you know, writing things on the internet or like posting certain like, um, things on social media that like I am really passionate about and want to like say more about, mm-hmm. but I just don't want to like, I just fear that it's, it's going to like spur this sort of like, how dare you? Yeah. Like yeah. have this, th- these opinions. How dare and, you take up space? Yeah. How dare you be, affirmative and you know declarative in any way don't Mm -hmm. you dare have confidence again going back to that you don't have the right to take up space you must ask for it and be grateful that you're even given the opportunity to have it right and then like also you have to you have to change yourself to fit me having space you know Where it's like, <laughs> you, yeah, know, exactly. you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, it, it's like, yeah, the narrative is ingrained and that's what the narrative is. And at the end of the day, it's like, no, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to find a way to navigate it in this world. And I mean, we, you and I have talked here about the fear of doing that and of speaking out and of saying, I'm not going to be closed off. And, you know, it's, it's a tricky thing. And I feel like it's something that it's an a new generation of women that this is something that we are facing and it's a unique challenge. And it's also a challenge to the men around us and in our lives Mm -hmm. that these are new things you're going to be confronted with. And how how do you, you know, how do you interact with it? It, it, It's, it's a, it's a dialogue. Yeah. I mean, I think that like speaking to like the men in our lives also is like, be a good ally and start noticing these things a little bit more and start like, you know, really thinking about like in conversation, who has been taking up this share of this conversation? Like mm-hmm. have I acknowledged and rec- if, if it's like mostly like male dominated or like there are more men than women in the conversation, like have women had their fair part in the conversation? Have we acknowledged her? Have we looked her in the eye and like let her know that yeah. we are like, recognize her presence we're paying attention and we're paying attention and it's like you know as a respected equal instead of just like oh yeah i guess there's a woman here yeah you know but she's not really here because she's Uh Uh uh-huh sally we heard you anyway (laughs) yeah yeah Um, yeah go back to the corner and then it becomes the thing of the verbal i'm sorry you just interrupted me right yeah not taking up space yeah yeah um i think Brad just said exactly what I said a minute ago. Oh my gosh, but I wish, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that I could do that so many times. It's yeah. just like, oh no, I, I literally just said that. I just said that. Brad just packaged it differently because it came from like a sentient being who has a penis. Mm-hmm. So you probably interpreted it a little mm-hmm. bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Oof. Where are we at time-wise? We just crossed an hour. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, we should probably wrap up. Um, There's a couple of areas that we didn't get to, but we can get to. It's such a big topic. It's a huge topic. And I think that this topic will creep into other topics, too. And it'll just be, like, sort of a part of, like, other uh, themes and such. Yeah. Um, And in a lot of ways, it's at the root 
of so many things. Oh, yes, absolutely. So, yeah. And we barely scratched the surface, I feel not like. Not even close. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for hanging out with us for an hour. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, oh, hey, Fiona. She just sneezed. That was loud. Bless you, Fiona. <laughs> Gazoon tight. You can take up as much space as you want. That's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so a couple of just uh, things to say. Um, we are going to be posting some like resources and links and things that we find that kind of like accompany these conversations. So um, on that note, I will point everybody to this amazing um, poem that I found today and it's actually called Take Up Space and it's by Vanessa Kasul, Kasuli um, and I think we'll link to it on the site or definitely on social. It's an amazing, inspiring, wonderful poem that I think you should read for sure um, just in terms of like how we start navigating these conversations about like how do, yeah, how do we take up more space? How do we like give ourselves permission to just like take up as much space as we deserve. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's an excellent idea. And you know what I will do is we made a ton of references this podcast that I was like, I don't know how to say this person's right, last right, right, name right. anymore. I was like, I think this person said that. So um, I'll go back through, give it a listen with a fine tooth comb, and we'll put those uh, references up on the website, uh, mm -hmm. shamepod.com, so that you can um, check it out. Yeah. Again, we're happy to have you. Yes, thank you so much for sticking with us. I, you know, I hope this can just continues to grow and this community starts to really form and be awesome and amazing. Yeah. Um, take good care of yourself. Yep. Uh, check us out online, shamepod.com or <laughs> on the socials at shamepod. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Don't forget to take up space. Yes, all of it. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.